Thank you, Jesus. I checked the battery. Well, it's got a green light. Hello? Can you guys hear me? You guys, it's on. Okay. All right, let's bow our heads before the Lord. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this another day that you've given us, another opportunity to gather together in your name, God. We thank you that you kept us, God, even as Apostle was telling about the accident that almost happened, God. There's been so much almost that we didn't even know about, God. But, God, your hand was there and your eye was covering us, God. And so, God, we thank you for the unseen things that we didn't even know was coming against us, oh, God. We thank you, God, that if you be for us, what can be against us? And so, God, we thank you this morning for your protection. And, God, we ask this morning that you open the eyes of our heart, God, that we would see you, God, in your word, oh, God. Oh, God, that our hearts would be ready to receive, ready to grasp ready to believe God. Father, we pray for those that are not in this place, but are on the airways looking, God, that they would be able to receive. God, we rebuke all distractions, God. Those things that come right at the moment when your word is is for us, God. We ask today, God, that those distractions would be taken away. Oh, Father, we just pray for peace within our spirits. Oh, God, an understanding within our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this good God day. Amen. Amen. We want to dismiss the children. Thank you, Lord. Thank God for our children. Thank God that we have our instructional ministry back up. And it's a beautiful thing to see our children be able to go and get what they need at their level, amen, and with their peers. So we just thank God for every teacher and every student. Amen. Thank you, Lord. This morning and this week, um, I've been been, um, looking at how God has, in this season, if, if we would look around in things that God leads us to, um, in study, in just um, word coming at us. God, I've been noticing that God is, he just keeps coming, confirming, confirming this season that we're in. And I don't know, there's things got to speak to my spirit. Then I'll, I'll look and somebody's uh, wrote a post about it or somebody's, you know, uh, on TV, a minister is talking about it. It's like God is just keep confirming his word so that we would be strong in in this season. And so that we won't, you know, uh, I love how Pastor David last year, I mean, last Sunday was talking about being patient and not fainting. You know, to not to faint in this season, but to have the patience to go through what it is that we need to go through. And God has been dealing with me, and it was funny because he dealt with me with this word about intentionality. And when he first um, came to me with this word, I was like, what? And I could remember the, um, there's a saying that it says the road, you know, um, is, is the road I don't, is to hell? Is that what it is? It's paved with good intentions. 
And so, um, you know, that came across my mind. And so when I first heard intentionality, I was like, well, what, what is God um, saying? So for since the last time I preached, it's just been steady more, confirm, confirm, confirm. So this morning, it's, the theme is be intentional. Be intentional. And I, I thought about um, how many things in our life um, that we are successes uh, and, and that we don't get to and a lot of our failures are because we're, we don't follow through. Mm. Uh, we have a great thought, we, a great ideal, and we can even have a great excitement, you know? Um, we, how many times have something dropped into your spirit and there's such a great excitement about it? And, and you're going to do it, you're going to do it, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But because there's not the follow-through, the intent can be there, but because there's not the follow-through, we never get the reward of that great thought, that great ideal, that, that great discipline, that whatever it is that um, God is trying to get within us to make us to have a prosperous life, we can't be prosperous unless we're intentional. In Galatians 5 and 7, it says this, you did run well. You did run well. I want to put the emphasis on the did. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? In the Amplified Version, it says, you were running the race nobly. Who has interfered in, hindered, and stopped you from your heeding and following the truth? Did, in the first verse, I want us to put emphasis on in King James Version, Galatians, truth. I want us to put the emphasis on that. In the message, it says, you were running superbly. Who cut in on you? Deflecting you from the true course of obedience. As I was looking and going through each one of the versions and looking, they both, all three of them just spoke out to me. First of all, that, that there was a time, did means there was a time I was doing it right. <laughs> did means there was a time I was running well. Did means I was doing it like it was supposed to be done. Okay? I did. There was a time. There was a time I did it. Then in Galatians it says, you were running nobly. Okay? I was running not just any old kind of way. I was running nobly. That nobly speaks not just of my stance, but it speaks of my character. I was not just running, and many times we're just running. But our character is not noble. We have a good stance, and everybody looks at us and thinks that we're, we got the posture and everything of running, but the character of the run is not part of our run, the noble of our run. And so what that struck out to me is that I can run with a good posture spiritually I can run with a good 
posture, and even natural. But if my character is not noble, which my character means that I, I, I run with the right attitude, I, I run with the right diligence, I run with the right motive. If that's not in place, that it doesn't matter how good I look running, I will not get to the finishing line. Because my character has to be noble enough for me to finish. If I don't have a finishing character that says, make it all the way, I'm going to stop in the middle of my run, right? I'm going to give up. I'm going to be tired. I'm, go- I'm not going to keep on. I'm not going to pace myself. If, I'm, if my char- character is all about beating the next guy and, look, have your, and, and looking behind me to see, I'm not going to, I'm not going to finish the race right. Then it says, I was running superbly. I mean, your race looked wonderful. In the message, it says, everyone's like, wow, you're running superbly. You look great. But then he asked, who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? The word in that one is the true course of obedience. You were running superbly, but somebody's something you let deflect you, cut in on you, a wrong thought. It could be a wrong thought. It could be something that you, you got hurt. Something deflected you that made you stop doing what you were supposed to do. Intention, intentional means done on purpose, deliberate. It means done conscious, consciously and intentionally and it's been fully considered. It's not impulsive, acting or doing without forethought. So it would be like me, I can be, impulsively would be like, um, Minister Jessica saying, I'm running, and you can tell already I don't know all these things, but yet I keep have to ask Jessica, Jessica, what's the 13 mile call? Okay, so Jessica says I'm running a half marathon. That sounds good to me. That sounds strong. That sounds like, wow, man, how, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to run that 13. Impulsively is, okay, Jessica, I want to run. Where, where can I sign up? And Jessica is looking at me like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to do that. That sounds great. And I'm thinking about the outfit I'm going to wear, the clothes I'm going to wear, my jogging pants, and how cute I'm going to look with my hat on. And I'm going to run. But I haven't done, counted the cost. I haven't done anything to prepare for the race. I haven't, Jessica running every day. She's running. I'm just like, I'm going to get out here and run. That's impulsive. Now, I have a good intention of getting to that finish line. But I have no intentionality that has made me prepare for my good intention. My intentionality would say, Jessica, now how do, I, how do I prepare for this race? What do I need to do so that I can finish? But many times we're just in the race. We haven't counted up the cost of the race. We can come to church and we can come and we can hear the word, hear the word, hear the word. Um, and we can say some intention. I'm going to be a better mother. I'm a, oh God, I'm going to be a better mother. 
but we come, go out the door and we have this great intent. We've heard the word of God and we say, but now we don't go home after we heard the word of God, dig into the word of God, find out what it takes to be a better mother. But we think we're just going to run that race without any wisdom. We won't get to the finishing line. God wants us to be intentional and it means that we're doing it consciously that we're fully considering what it is that we're saying yes to that we're fully considering what we're buying into that we're fully taking it as a value and not just a momentary excitement sometimes we come to church and we're just come to fix my marriage we come to the altar and fix my marriage Um, we're coming for something pacific, not realizing that fixing takes the saving of our souls, the changing of our mindsets, the renewing of our hearts and all that into the sea of everything else. Now, what, what I thought about this, how many, you know, how many have said, you know, Monday's going to be family day. Friday's going to be date night. I'm just saying. We start out with these great ideals, right? Um, I'm going to drink eight glasses of water every day. We start out with all these things in our head that I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. But in the myriad of of busyness, of of all the things that we keep saying, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, some of those things get lost because of no intentionality. Do you understand that? I have a good intent, but I don't have any intentionality. For for us to have a family night, it can't be just an ideal, okay? It can be a great ideal, but now that I said I'm gonna have family night on Monday, I have to put some action to that. I'm going to have to call Come up in my mind and say, hey, barbecue at our house. Everybody, I have to post something. I have to tell my family. Family, we're going to meet. I have to get a time. I got to say, family, we'll meet here at this time, right? I got to have it planned out. But a lot of times it's just in our thought, but there's no action that corresponds with that thought. And so we lose the whole intentionality of what we started out to do. Intentionality removes the derailing power of reactive living, okay? Reactive living is when conditions around us and and coming against us dictate how we will live and how we will spend, what we will spend our time on. Reactionary thinking is living is this. We're gonna have, we're gonna have, family night on Monday, but reactionary is something else comes up and calls us away from that thing that we said we were going to do. Intentional means that I'm going to do it no matter what happens. This is what I'm going to do. And I want to ask you this morning, in your life, what do you have down that you're going to do no matter what happens? No matter what happens, 
This is what I'm going to do. Now, we, of course, we know like, there, there's things like sickness or things like that. But I'm saying that these are things that you're going to do like you're going to brush your teeth every morning. Come on. Like you're going to eat every day. You know, those kind of things. What in your life is so intentional that I shall not be moved because I find this of value, right? That's the one of the things that we got to find what we find valuable. We need to become more intentional and less casual about our intentions. A lot of our intentions are just casually made without a real intentionality to it. In Ephesians 5 and 17, it says this, Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish. Do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish. Now, I want to vague when we hear something and we want to jump at it. Vague means you're it's just a vague thing. You you haven't counted up the cost. It's just you're thoughtless. You're, you haven't put in any thought to it of how you're going to be able to do it. How many times, you know, I could say to a man, oh, OK, Amanda, I'm coming over. I'm coming over tomorrow. But I haven't even thought about what all I have to do. It's just something I'm saying. Uh, Our intentions sometimes are just so casual. We intend to do something, but we've made them casually, not without any thought, not, not really thinking about it. And God wants us to stop being so casual, be more intentional. And first place, start that with our spiritual living. Okay. It says, don't be vague, don't be thoughtless. And then it says, and don't be foolish. And let me understand, because when you're vague and thoughtless, you're foolish. Okay. It's foolish to make intentions that you're not going to be able to, you know, to walk out. Um, and, and, And it's frustrating. Have you ever been so frustrated because you've made all these plans or said you're going to do all these things, but then you look back and you look back on your life and you see a whole bunch of undone drop balls, right? Things that 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 you just didn't ever get to because you know that. And you also know that you can look at it and say, man, why do I keep saying that? Why do I keep telling people I'm going to be here, do this, do that? And, and I didn't count up the costs. And now I have to break my word again. Well, God said that's foolish. And he wants us to stop being so casual about our intentions because our intention and our word should be It should be important to us. It should be important what we say we're going to do. It should not be casual. Sometimes the problem is we're saying things too quick instead of pausing and saying, what am I saying? Uh, Do I value this person valuing my word? What, What am I really putting myself up for? Can I really do this? Don't be foolish. It says in the message, don't live carelessly, unthinkingly, make sure you understand what the master wants. Now in here it is spiritually is when we're sitting here and we're getting the word, make sure you know what the master wants. 
Make sure you get an understanding, a revelation of what the master wants. You don't just run out on the race of our spiritual life not knowing what the master wants. He says, make sure, make sure. Many things we are doing out of our own understanding. Our own, there's so many people that are walking in a way that's outside of the word of God. Right. And, and, and it's a, a, according to their own understanding. And one of the things you got to make sure, first of all, that you believe God. Right. Mm-hmm. And then second, that you believe his word. Okay. Now, once we say we believe God, then we say we believe his word. Then I got to make sure I understand what the word of God is telling me to do. Amen. A lot of times we We say, I believe God and I believe his word until his word goes against what I want to do. My understanding of the word. But the thing is, is when you buy into God, you got to buy into the whole thing. It said, eat the whole roll, not just the buttered part, not just the jam part, but the whole roll. And God is saying that a lot of times we're buying into the part that we like. But when there's a part that we don't like, then we bow out of that. We, we can't be intentional because we're not eating the whole roll. This morning, our first place has to be, do I believe there's a God? We have to be fully persuaded. Do I believe there's a God? Only one God, my God. Second of all, do I believe his word? His word is the guide, guiding direction of my life. When we say yes to that, then we have to go into the word and we got to follow the whole word. Today we see a lot of the word as I look online and I, and I, I, I hear different people's remarks. I, I see that people, the parts they don't like, they don't like. And the parts, they, you know, they bow out of it so quickly. But we wonder why we don't get the full reward of the word is because we're not intentional about following the whole word. We have to be intentional. We have to have a value set on truth, on truth. I want truth more than I want my way. I want truth more than I want to feel good. I want truth more than I want to be comfortable. I want truth no matter what it makes me have to go through. I want truth. A lot of times we have our our value is on temporary goals momentary fixes versus in lifestyle living. We want something to be fixed right now. If you fix it right at this moment, then it's okay. But to live this out for a lifetime, you know, I I look at our, I look at our wonderful sister this morning and just looking at Phyllisy as she's been on this um, lifestyle change in her weight. This can't be just a momentary fix. See, a lot of times we'll try to lose weight to fit in the dress. To go to the party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we, we want to lose weight to look good for somebody. Okay? And these are just momentary things. They're not a lifetime change. It's something we're doing for somebody, right? Or, or for some temporary thing, but not for something 
for our lifetime. It's, we haven't made up in our mind this is right to do, that this is right to be healthy, that it's right to, to eat right. We haven't made up our mind that it's good to eat right. We've made more and more it's good what it's doing for me right now, but it's not good to eat right. It's not good to be, be that's not a made up mindset. And if you don't have a made up mindset, you'll have a good intent. But the intentionality of that intent will not last for very long. We try to do things to get the guy, to get the girl. You know, how, how many of, you know, you, you meet somebody and, and, the, and the person is just all polite and wonderful and, buy, and buys you your meals and do all this kind of stuff, okay? But, but if you don't wait it out, ladies and men, you don't wait it out to see the real character of somebody. You, some people are just doing something to get you, to impress you, but it has nothing to do with who they really are. That people know how to play games. People know how to be con men, con women to get you, but it's not really who they are. That's why you have to know somebody for a little while. Come on. Know somebody and see their walk. For a little while before you believe everything that you see. All right. Because sometimes their intent. Their intentionality will show up that their real intent was just to get you. Okay. It has nothing to do with who they really are. Oh, and do you guys, you know, everything I'm telling you, it's already in the Bible. What, what gets me so many times is you guys, I, What's really getting me today, and I want y'all to get this, there's so many, so much stuff out there, and I don't down any of it, okay? Well, some of it I do. But there's just so many things that people go, wow. They're so wowed over. They're wowed over motivational speakers. They're wowed over, over um, different um, uh, mantras and they're they're wowed over different things that people are saying that is and they go oh and and guru so and so and you who who and I'm thinking just get in the Bible that every good thing you hear every good thing you hear every good God thing already came they just took it from the Bible. It's, it's in the Bible. I, when I'm looking at stuff that we're so wild over, I would be like, can you just open your B-I-B-L-E? It's right there in the word. But because somebody else might do a yoga move and say it, we're just like, instead of, it's right here in the word. In the word, the word is telling us we have people out there that's, that's talking to women and men so that they don't be fooled and deceived. And we got all this stuff out about narcissists and all this stuff going on. And I'm like, it's in the word. It was in the word before they even came up with it. It's in the word. And the power of the word gives you not just to read it, not just to know about it but to be delivered from it. And we won't go to the word, but we'll, we'll go to all these different things and we'll listen to them and we'll be like, oh, look what that says and look what that says and look what that says. And then we're still caught up and we're still tied up and we're still got strongholds over our lives if we would just go to the word and see 
what 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 God is saying. Yes, I hear you. Test the spirit by the spirit. That's what the word will do. It will let you know the spirit of the thing. Not just a lot of times people are just telling you the info of the thing. But the word of God is telling you the spirit of the thing. And so it takes us back to why we don't win. Because the word of God says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Right. But what? But what? principalities and spirits see but when we go in the worldly way of doing things we're wrestling against flesh and blood we might have a lot of knowledge about that thing but we don't have the spirit to fight the spirit of that thing and so we find ourselves steady more in strongholds wondering why am i in strongholds because you're going to everything else but the word of god who comes to deliver. And we have to be, you guys, intentional in our walk with God. We have to be intentional. Are we picking up other things more than we're picking up the word of God? Where are we getting our wisdom from? Are we getting our wisdom from TV? Are we getting our wisdom from other people? Are we getting our wisdom? Where are we getting our wisdom from? Where is the most of our wisdom coming from? We are kingdom people. We are spiritual people. And we have to get spiritual food to overcome spiritual devils. You guys, we are not going to keep eating this natural food and think that our brawn and our strength in the natural is going to get rid of the spiritual enemy that's coming against us. God wants us to be more intentional in our spiritual life. Hebrews 12 and 2, look, look at this. I want y'all to listen. Hebrews 12 and 2, if we can get that up. It says, in the Amplified, it says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive of our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, this is looking away from. The hardest thing when we come to Christ and we say, I give my life to Christ. When we first come, we're so excited about what we're feeling, that newness, that get that dirt off of me and Oh, I feel so good. But what we have to do is after we come to Christ, and we have to get an intentionality to keep coming, <laughs> to keep looking, to keep searching. Because when we come to Christ, we have a good intent of coming to Christ. But once we start feeling good and we start feeling better, then all of a sudden, instead of keeping our eyes fixed on him we we get distracted and we begin to look away and we begin to see other things and and we begin to look out the window 
and we start seeing things and getting bored. Why do we get bored? Is because we don't stay on fire for the Lord. We don't stay intentional. When I am intentional, you guys, when I get up in the morning, turn my praise and worship music on, and I'm intentional, and I open up that word of God with an intent to hear from God, I'm excited. There's just an excitement. There's just a hunger. There's a thirst that comes all over me. But if I get up in the morning and I'm just kind of casual, turn on, don't let me hit the TV in the morning. It was on Lifetime from last night and I hit the TV and Lifetime's in front of me instead of my ministry channel. And I, 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 I start get caught up in what what the man's doing to the woman and is she going to get him and I'm right there and so I can get there and I can get there and be cleaning up the house instead of cleaning to my praise and worship music I'm cleaning the house and I'm looking back at another lifetime movie and another and by the end of the day because I wasn't intentional the next thing you know I'm bored I'm restless I'm frustrated I'm angry I'm upset because I wasn't intentional and that's what happens when we come to God we come to God and at first we're so intentional we're so on fire we're so and all of a sudden we get bored but we're not bored because God is boring (laughs) we're bored because we've ceased to be intentional about the things of God and so the enemy knows when we're not intentional about the things of God and he will flood us with things from the world. He will flood our minds and our thinking with those kind of things. Next thing, he will bring in discontent. You're not discontented with God. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you've allowed the enemy to take you from being intentional into his world where he can talk to you. I think about Eve talked to Satan because she went into his world and had a conversation. Had to hear one one little statement from the enemy that made her feel that God was being unfair and that she wasn't getting everything that she was supposed to get. And when we look out the window, that's what we think. I'm not getting everything. Look at them. They look like they're succeeding. They look so successful. They look so rich. They look like they have everything. They look. They look. I don't look like I'm going anywhere. I don't look like I'm even succeeding. I look. See, God showed me something too. He said, we keep looking at the world and what we will give up, we will give up our walk with God to run to the world because we think we're not being successful enough. But God said, success is not achieving all this stuff that y'all think is achieving a big house, big car, big status. None of that is success because there's a whole lot of people that got it. Success is when you'll be able to get it and maintain it. And the only way you're going to be able to maintain it is seek ye first. Do you understand that? So we see Jesus. Everybody wants, we see Jesus. Everybody wants, even in the spiritual world, they want to jump out and be pastor, bishop, apostle, so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And you want to jump out there and be it. And you can't wait. You can't wait. Why isn't anybody using me? Why isn't anybody calling? Why isn't anybody letting me? Why isn't he? Why isn't he? And then, but Jesus said, because you're not ready to maintain it. 
It took Jesus 30 years before he started doing three years of successful ministry. Three years of what we do, the opposite. The world has what before your eyes, 15, 20 years of bad cribs, bad money, good this, good that. And then all of a sudden you look up, they couldn't maintain it. All gone. All gone. They gone, shot their brains out. Why? Because the very thing that you want so bad can be the very thing that will kill you if you don't have God on board. And God is getting him on board so that the gifts that he gives us, we will be able to maintain them and use them for his glory, you guys. For his glory. Because a lot of things that we want, why do we want it? When we come to Christ, there should be a change of mindset. I don't want just a bad crib to show everybody I got a 10-bedroom house with two wings. I want a, a, a good crib so that if the Lord use, needs me to use that house for his kingdom, I'm ready to use it for his kingdom. I want good health, not just to walk around and look cute and have people look. I want good health because this is the vehicle that carries around the spirit of God that has to go and do the work. See, if your mindset's all wrong, you're going to use every gift that God gives you wrong. And it's going to be to the building up your of your flesh and not of your spirit. And it will not last long. It'll be the very downfall of you. Have you ever went on a diet and got so cute you was too cute for yourself you start you start no i'm just being honest I, you didn't get go on it for health you got cute and now every you looking cute you done change your whole persona and now you everybody's looking at you and you just now it done took you to a different whole different area of life whole different way you're trying to please man god is like we have to do things for the right reasons and they got to be kingdom reasons or else everything that we think is good can turn bad and be the very thing that hurts us on the other side. So looking away from all that will distract. Come on, look away from all the distract to Jesus. This is God is telling us to look around, look away. Then it says he looked away and he he looked away for the joy that was set before him. You guys, where's your joy that's set before you? This is what God told me. Our intention, coming to the house, why do I come to church? Oh, I love seeing Amanda. I love seeing Amanda. But that's not why I come to church. I love seeing Pastor Sam, but that is not why I come to church. Because if that's my why, when Amanda don't come, my joy's gone. When pa- Pastor Sam don't come, my joy's gone. That's not why I come to church. I, what's your why? You, it says for the joy that was set. What is set before you that will keep you coming beyond, you know, beyond what, what on the outside would take it away? What's within you, that joy that says, I believe it's right. The word of God says, forsake not your assembly of yourself together. God's word is right. That is why I come. I come because God's word says to come. I don't come just because of the praise and worship team. I don't come just because, you know, I, I want to see somebody. I come because God, what is your why? 
Somebody needs to know why you're sitting here this morning. Why are you here this morning? The why has to be bigger than I, I, I come to hear Pastor Sam preach. or Because I, I if Pastor Sam's not preaching, are you going to come? All right? The why has to be bigger than that. And it has to be something that's eternal. It has not to be something temporary. And it says that he had the joy that was set before him. Now look at this. He had the joy that was set. Jesus had joy set before him. He endured the cross. A lot of us cannot endure because we have nothing spiritual. Our why is not big enough. Our why is not big enough. I said our why is not big enough. Okay. When you make an intentional, I'm not going to pick up that phone anymore. I'm not going to let him call into my life anymore. I'm not going to go pick up them drugs anymore. Your why got to be big. Your why better be big enough so that you can endure when the phone rings. Your why's got to be big enough so you can endure when the knock comes on the door. The why's got to be big enough for me when somebody offers me a German chocolate cake. Come on, the why has to be big for me to endure that temptation. It has to be bigger than, than, than you know, uh, if I just have a little why, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, don't want, I don't want it today, okay? No, the why has to be, it's not good for me. If the why is not big enough, you guys, we are not going to endure. And so if the why, I'm thinking of Jesus on the cross. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that we would all be with him, that it would bring salvation. Most of all, that he would be obedient and be sitting on the right hand side of his father. It was set before him. What's set before you that will keep you this morning? What is set before you that if everyone know you walked up in this church this morning and nobody was in here, what would you do? What is set before you that if me and pastor didn't walk up in here this morning, what is set before you that would say, I'm going on. If none go, I'll go. If none preach up in here to preach, I'm going, I got a word up in me and I'm going to preach. I got a song. I do the praise, worship, song and prayer. I got in me, in me. I have a why that's bigger than people coming, people going, people doing, people doing. I got a why up in me to have an endurance, the right endurance, you guys. We've got to have the right why. To be intentional, you have to have the right why. We have to be committed. We have to be dedicated. I've made up in my mind I'm going to live for Jesus. I've made up in my mind I'm going to serve you, Jesus. I've made up in my mind I'm going to follow your word. I've made up in my mind I'm going to let that go. I've made up in my mind. I made up in my mind. Oh, guys, we got to have a made-up mind. If we don't have a made-up mind, it's going to be cute. It's going to be money. It's going to be all kind of things. It's going to be your name and lights. All those things will pull you away if you don't have a made-up mind. The enemy is constantly dangling stuff before us. But we've got to have a made-up mind. You know, I, I, I think and I pray all the time. 
for uh, Juan. I love him so much. And as he's out on, on, on that truck, I, I, I pray for him all the time because I've heard so many stories about, you know, people and truck driving and all. And I said, Lord, I thank you. This is what I do. Thank you for a made-up mind over Juan. You know, we, this morning Juan did something that was so powerful when he said, I was a drug, I was a drug dealer. <laughs> he reminded himself and reminded all of us because we all could put our little, you know, in that blank. I was, I was a drug dealer, but thank God I'm saved. You saved, where has God saved you? Where is he? He saved you. And, and are you reminding yourself that I was saved from that? That I made up in my mind. I'm not going back there anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. Are, are you happy about it? I mean, or have you become vague and thoughtless about what God has saved? See, sometimes we get back into the world because we, we get vague and thoughtless about what God has done for us. We get, you know, we count it as nothing or we stop thinking about what I used to be. I, what I used to be, I don't want to be that anymore. The pit God got me out of, I never want to go to that pit. The loss that I suffered, I never want to lose again. And so I got to remind myself every so often we got to get down and say, thank you, Lord. I once was a liar. I once was a cheat. I once was no dog. We've got to remind ourselves of what God has done for us. Be intentional about thanking God from where he bought you from to where you are today. Be intentional. Sometimes we don't even remember to say grace, let alone say, let alone say thanks, you guys. We got to be intentional about our time with God, our, our, our conversations with God. Because if we don't have com- if you don't have conversations with God, you're gonna have conversations with somebody. And God wants us to have conversations to be intentional about having conversations. How many times are we gonna say, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray. And here is something God is telling me to tell the church of the living God. Church, we gotta get more intentional about praying. Praying instead of saying, praying instead of talking. All over the land, there's people that are looking at our world. I had a sister walk up to me the other day. She was a young lady in the parking lot. She said, I want to know where the church is. She said, I want to know, want to know where the church is about the president of the United States. She said, I want to know why we're talking more about the president than praying for the president. All I could, I've been saying this, but all I could say was, God, you're, you're helping me to be more intentional. The word of God said that we pray so that we can have peace. That's what the word says. We pray. We pray, people of God. We got to be more intentional about not being drawn into conversations that are doing exactly against what the word of God tells us to do. We've got to make sure that we make a stand and say, not so. God told me the other day that when that, if you don't, if you can't pray, then don't say nothing. Okay. But we need to learn to pray. God said, what we need to do is at that moment, we need to grab that hand. Say, let's pray for our president. So that we can look. God says that when we talk, 
We talk as if God can't turn the heart of a king. We talk as if God is not in control of the whole world. We talk as if he doesn't from high and look down low and see and know. You know, it, it was funny. I was, I was in, I don't know what happens, but I was in the bathroom. When I'm in the bathroom, he talks to me. I was in the bathroom, and God was talking to me about the children of Israel. And he said, what it would be like, they had this king. They had Pharaoh. And, 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 and Pharaoh kept on, kept on um, uh, every time a plague came, care, uh, Pharaoh would not let the people go. Now, what it would be like if all the children of Israel, they were just sitting around and they were just talking about Pharaoh, uh-huh. stupid king. All the stupid king got to do is let the people go. I don't know why this whole land has to go through all these crazy plagues because the stupid king. No, they had to do. The children of Israel had to be praying and they had to be doing what God told them to do so that they would have peace and let God do what he needed to do with Pharaoh to do what God wanted to do with the people. God began to show me that. God said, I'm in control. And every time that we, every time that we act like he's not, God is saying we are empowering the side that the enemy wants us. God said we are becoming insiders. What is an insider? It's one that stirs up fear. One that stirs up, 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 you know, that, that God's power is not alive and well. No, we should be inciting that God is alive and well and God sees and God knows and there's no man above God. And God saw before this day what was going to happen. And what did he tell us to do? He said to pray for those that are in authority. Pray for leaders everywhere. Pray for them. I believe... Sometimes I believe we're just like, oh, well, the Bible says that the the Bible says this is going to happen to our land. So, you know what? Oh, well, this is what's going to happen. No, God didn't say our oh, well. He told us to pray. Pray. Pray, God. You are in charge, God. Pray, God. Pray for the mindset. Pray for their minds and hearts to be changed. We stand on your word that says you can change the heart of of a king. But you know what God said? Sometimes we know too much to do what God told us to do. God said sometimes we're saying, well, you know what? In the word of God, it says in the word of God, it lets us know that America's going down in the word of God. It lets us know that this person's going to do this and that person's going to do that. But in the word of God, it tells us to pray, 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 just pray, just pray. That's our God's responsibility is to bring forth his prophetic word. Our responsibility is to pray. Our responsibility is to pray. pray. We would see a move of God. If not, if not a move of God on our king, a move of God on people. I can't help a person in the world if I'm talking like the world. I can't help them believe in a mighty God if I'm talking like God can't do anything that the world's going down that look what's he even told me this morning uh I'm guys I just let him God told me this morning 
we talk, you guys, we talk about the economy. We talk about, you know, I find myself going into the store yesterday. I was looking at the meat. I don't know if y'all seen groceries, the prices, it went up, up, up. Meat looked like, what? When you look at how much it costs. And I'm sitting there looking like, this is ridiculous. God, this is totally ridiculous. And God said, I didn't tell you to say that. I just said, say thank you. In everything, give thanks. Say thank you that you got money to buy meat. Say thank you that no matter where the economy goes, I know, and that I'm your God, and I will take care of you if the meat, if the chicken goes up to $100 a pound, I am your God. And you will still be able to get some chicken. Do you understand what I'm saying, you guys? Our intentionality has to be that we are intentional about the word of God, about our faith in God. We can't keep saying, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. intentional you guys please hear me I hear the heart of the father we've got to get more we can't say living faith and walking doubt at the same time just can't do it God said it's time for us to walk out this faith we just don't just living faith means I'm walking and I'm I'm not afraid I'm not afraid of what's coming because just like in in the in the Israel's day when the plagues was coming God what do you tell him put the blood on your door okay come on I got the blood on my door <laughs> I got the blood on the door of my heart I got the blood where God recognizes I'm his. Come on. How about you? You got the blood where God recognizes you're his. And then no matter what goes on in this world, I'm his. No matter how it looks in this world, I'm his. And that God is allowing things because just like he did with the Israelites and the Egyptians, he wanted the Egyptians to know what? That he was God. He's God. And he let these things happen to, to let them know he is God. And sometimes we forget that God in his sovereignty, he's letting things, he's bringing his plans to pass. And instead of being dismayed, we should be like, hallelujah. Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming any day now, soon and very soon, y'all. Jesus is coming. We're all dismayed like, oh, God, don't let this happen. Like, we're going to stay here forever. God said, this is not our home. This is not the place that he's prepared for us. This is a place full of sin. And this is a place where things are broken. And, 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 and we act like it's supposed to be fixed. But it's broken so that if it wasn't broken, we'd want to stay here forever. Right? God said, I have a better place for you. God wants us. He said, in the message, he says, my sheep recognize my voice. You guys, and I want y'all to, my sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. And let me tell you, there is a stirring in my spirit when I don't recognize the voice of God. 
It irks me to know. And, and what I'm saying is not just him talking in my spirit, but him talking to me through somebody else. When I don't hear the voice of God, and I'm talking about Christians, when I don't hear or even my own voice, my voice should be the voice of God speaking to others. And when I don't hear that voice, when I hear that doubt, when I feel, hear that fear, something inside of me is just, that's not God. That's not God. That's not my God. That's not what he's saying. And it just in my spirit gets disturbed and it gets frustrated because it's not God. And you guys, it's time for us to stand up and say, that's not God. That's not what God says. That's not what God's word says. We've got to be intentional about what goes in our ear and in our heart. Because if we're not careful, what goes in our ear goes in our hearts, becomes a thought that goes into our heart. And as a man thinketh, so is he. And we begin to walk around saying all kind of foolish, doubtful, unfaithful things. And we start walking in that fear instead of walking in faith. We got to be intentional. I made up in my mind, I only want to hear the voice of God. I only want to hear his word. I only want to hear what he says about any situation and how to do it. In Hebrews 12 and 2, it says this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Cresha, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't keep your eye on me. The Bible said, follow me as I follow Christ. You see Jesus in me? You follow that. You see Linda? No. Keep your eye on Jesus. On my scared day, keep your eye on Jesus. Come on. Come on, sister and brother. We should be able to help one another out. On my scared day, I'm going to need you to stand up and have your eye on Jesus. Remind me, Pastor Linda, is in Jesus you trust. It's in Jesus you put your faith. Hallelujah. Keep your eye on Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank who both began and finished the race we're in. Who both the race we started, we started with Jesus, and he's able to finish. Don't you look nowhere else. Don't look nowhere else. Who started you out? You know how they used to say, go home with the one you came with, right? Who started you out, let him finish there's nobody else that we're supposed to look into, okay? But then it says this, you guys. Study, study how he did it. Study how he did it. Study how he did it. Get in your word of God and see how God started and see how Jesus came. He started his race. He finished his race. He came here for a purpose. He came here to die. He came. He died. In the middle he could have got all upset, man, he, you know how we do? He could have looked all around and said, you know what? I ain't going to no cross. These people don't, aren't even thankful. These people don't even serve me. He could have stopped. But he started it and he finished it. Despite the obstacles, he started and finished it. Study how he did it because this is how he did it. He never lost sight of where he was headed. Do you know where you're going to? Do you know where you're going to? Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Do you know where you're going to? Don't lose sight 
of where you're headed. The exhilarating finish in and with God. And because he didn't lose sight of that, he could put up with anything along the way. Oh, come on. Some of us are fainting. We're fainting, but God said, if we just look and see how Jesus did, he didn't lose sight. See, we're losing sight. We're losing sight. We're getting stuck on this temporary earth. We're getting, we're getting stuck on this short place instead of remembering that we have an eternity to go to. God, he never lost sight, you guys. Don't lose sight. Then we can put up with anything along the way. Because I can say, this is not my home. This is not where I'm going to live forever. I, I got a better home. See, as long as I don't lose sight, I got a better home. I got a better place. I got a place where I won't be crying, where none of this stuff will be even a part of that place. Well, if I don't lose sight, I can put up with anything. Cross, shame, whatever. And, it's a, and now he's there. I love that. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. I got to be there in the place of honor. You guys, we're so busy trying to get honor and accolades on this earth, but I want to be there. There's the real honor right there by God. There's the real honor. I have to be there because this honor is passing. This, you can win a race down here and you can win a race and everybody's in even the Olympics. Everybody's woo, 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 woo. But there's always somebody coming along that's right. next that's going to beat your race. That's right. That's right. And you was thought of and talked about and on the news and everything. And all of a sudden it's like, where are they? You don't even hear their name anymore. But the honor that God gives us is honor forever, you guys. Don't miss out on his honor, trying to get honor down here. Trust must be set before God can be more than claimed, but must, but maintained. We must set our hearts to trust God. We must set our hearts. If we don't set our heart, we can set a goal. If we don't set our heart to trust God, we can set a goal and never attain that goal. But when I trust God, I know if he started it in me, he's going to yeah. finish it in yeah. me. If, he, if I start with God, I'm going to finish with God. Fellas, see, you start with God, you're going to finish with God. Your goal's got to be start with God, and he will finish that goal. If we don't start with God and we start in our own thoughts, we will drop off. We'll run, but we'll drop off. God's truth has to authentically become our truth. It has to be authentic. God's truth is my truth. God says forgive, so that's my truth. God said love my enemies, that's my truth. Come on, those those hard places got to be our truth. Come on, you guys. They have those places that don't feel comfortable. They have to be our truth. We must own God's truth. We must own it. We must grasp it. We must follow it. And we must set our hearts to do it diligently. You guys, we can make excuses for walking outside of the truth of God, but it doesn't change the truth of God. If God says, thou shall not, I can say all day, but this is why I'm doing it. But God said that doesn't change 
thou shalt not. And we've got to get to the place. We love those things that God says, I'll give you this, I'll give you that. But we've got to get to the places of the thou shall not. And I shall not. Oh, it hurts. It doesn't feel good. Makes me scream because I want it so bad. But God, you said, thou shall not. Father, I believe you over me and this flesh and the desires of this flesh. I believe you. Your thou shall not tender commands were for my benefit. Because you knew that down the road, and some of us were doing the thou shall not, but we feel because God is not doing anything, that God is for us. He is for you, but he is not for the thou shall not. And he said the thou shall not will reap death. Amen. It will reap death. In my life, I went through some seasons where I was doing a lot of thou shall not. And, be, and I just felt like my, my God's with me. My God's with me. He said, I am with you because if I wasn't with you, you'd be dead. But he said, the thou shall not is going to catch up. And it did. And it did. He said, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth. You know, sometimes in our heart, I was, sitting out, I was sitting on the couch the other day and I was like, God, sometimes we just believe that just couldn't be possibly so, you know, because it just seems like, you know, we haven't reaped things that we know right now. Yeah. We should be yeah. reaping something else. And God is like, that's my mercy. That's my mercy. Hallelujah. That's my mercy that you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing and nothing's happening. Lord and it Jesus. seems like God is. No, he said, that's mercy. That's my mercy, my mercy for you. He said, but as sure as you're born, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. We got to be intentional about God's word. We got to be intentional about doing his word because there's a reaping when we don't. And the reaping may not be for 10 years down the road because of his mercy, guys. I said, God, why don't you just cut, cut us off right in the beginning? Why don't you just swipe us or, or knock us out when we're doing those things so we would go, oh, my God, he really means it. I shouldn't do it. No. God wants our hearts to be willful, willing, and obedient. Intentional about being obedient, not that he's made us to be obedient. When I'm obedient, what obedient does, when I'm obedient, it says I have faith in God. God. That despite this thing that I really want, despite this thing I really want to do, despite how good it feels, despite how wonderful it is, my faith says, God, you said no, and I believe you over my feelings. And God is trying to get faith within our lives. We must turn our intentionality into the fact that truth is not just for the moment or just for the occasion, but is principles that must be lived out every day. We must be determined, diligent, and committed. I'm going to end on this. A lot of times, 
we're missing out in our families, our relationships, because we're not being intentional. There's no intentionality. In our families, we, wife may say, I'm going to change, or, but there's no intentionality. Husband may say, I'm going to do better. And God said, husband might say, I'm going to do better. You know how, how we can do when we're in a breakup? When we're in a breakup and we want to get back together, we can get intentional. The flowers we never bought, we buy. Come on. The prayers we never prayed, we pray. We get very intentional. The, the sun we, we see go f- astray that we don't, all of a sudden now we're calling, 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 Lord calling. Jesus. Oh, my God. And we get this good intent that this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to draw my family in. Uh, my family, we just don't seem like we're doing anything together. I'm going to draw my family. And we get this good intent, but we don't get intentional. And God said, sometimes what we do is, I'm helping somebody this morning. Yes, amen. Sometimes what we'll do is we'll hear something. How many of us in, in our relationship or something, in our marital relationship, because this is marriage today, it's going to be our marriage meeting. So we go intentionally, I'm going to take note of what my spouse wants. So we tune our ear to hear. But God said, it's time to stop just taking note. Because if you don't do something after you take notes, <laughs> you're not going you're not intentional. Intentionality is action. It's not just mental note. A lot of times we're mentally thinking something that we're not physically acting upon. So I just want to bring us to, so here we go. I take note that my husband likes steak. Oh, he says he, he loves steak. I take note. And he's been saying, it. I've been, I want a steak. I want a steak. I, I haven't had steak in a while. So intent can be he wants a steak. I take note. He wants a steak. But I can just get busy and the whole week gone. And, you know, in my note head, <laughs> there's the note. All right. Steak. But I have done nothing physically, intentionally to make that happen. So by the end of the week, there's still no steak. Because it's still in my note head. But intentionality will be, my husband wants steak. Grocery list, steak. Go to the store, look at past the ground beef and all the stuff that I'm going to buy. Husband wants steak. Intentionality is pick up steak. (laughs) Put in basket. Take up to the counter, buy the steak, take it home, and there's steak. Simple kind of analogy that I want. But we can apply this in every area. That too many of us are 
got the note. We got the note from God, what God wants us to do. We got the notice from God, what he wants us to do. But we don't have the intentionality to physically begin to take action on what God has told us to do. God has told me maybe, I, I just want to go, because I, okay, maybe God says, you said, I'm having a, I hear in the word today that I'm having a struggle with loving Amanda, I'm just using you all morning. Loving Amanda. I'm having a struggle with loving Amanda. And I hear through the word of God, I got to love everybody. I got to love everybody. Okay? I take that note. Good word. Yeah! Preach the word. Now when I go out of church, I'm over here talking to everybody, everybody. I have a note in my head that I'm supposed to love Amanda. Yes. Note means now I take action. Amanda walk right on by me. I'm talking to everybody. I don't even notice. I try not to notice Amanda because I took the note, but I'm not ready to act. There's a problem sometimes. We take the note, but we're not ready to act. But to, to really get intentionality, it would be, Amanda, Amanda, you know this morning the word of God, it really hit my heart, Amanda. And this morning, you know, I don't know, I've been acting weird towards you, and I'm so sorry that I've been acting that way. I really want to do something. I want, I want us to get closer together, okay? Amanda, can you think we can go to coffee this week, or can we do something this week? Can we pray? There's intentionality. That Amanda knows that I'm trying to go in. Do you see? She knows this. There's an intentionality that's happening. Then it doesn't mean that, okay, you know, now I get home and I think my, the enemy comes and goes, oh, my God, you asked Amanda to go out. You know, you know, you, know, you and Amanda don't get along. And then I just caught the intentionality got to be, Amanda, we're going to do it Tuesday, 12 o'clock. And I'm, we're going to go to... We'll be coffee. Intentionality, huh? And my treat. And my treat, she said. (laughs) Intentionality, but there it is. I'm walking, I'm doing something to to make this happen beyond the note in my mind. I'm hoping this application is helping us. It's helping us that God is, is requiring intention, not just intense, you guys, but an action that, that, that takes you to the finishing line of what we got too many starters and not enough finishers. Too many starters of I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the word more. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, you know, all my disciplines in Christ. We got a lot of starters, but you got to... We got to get to the finishing line, you guys, because the world, the world is looking at a church that God is calling for to be a strong church, a church that shows forth his glory. And we don't show forth his glory getting in the middle, stopping. They need to see some finished products up in here. They need to see some finished word walkers, not just word talkers. They need to see some word walkers. They need to see some finishing work on us. You guys, let's stand this morning. God is a good God. And he's telling us things.
He wants us to finish. Oh, it's so frustrating when we can't finish what God wants. What he starts can be so exciting in our life when we hear it. But we got we to gotta just keep doing step by step. Come on, action. I'm asking you this week in this application that God has given. Look in your life and see where there is a place where you've started. And I'm telling you where you started, what God told you to do is supposed to reap the reward of what God wanted it to reap. Okay, if he told you to get, spend more family time, it's supposed to reap a reward of that. If he told you to spend more prayer time, there's a reward in that. If he told you to get more healthy, there's a reward in that. Do you see what I'm saying? But you can't just start and not finish. So I, just look and see. And you guys, this is not to condemn us this morning. This is to bring victory in our life, to stop having a whole bunch of unfinishing projects and things laying around that's frustrating us and trying to steal the glory of God. Because when you feel the glory of God, when you finish something, don't you feel great? When you start and finish it, you feel so good when you can finish and complete something. So this week, I want you to look. Where's that place? What has God told you to do? What has he I don't know. It can be simple as a walk. I know that's for me, a walk. Ever since I've been home, just to get out the house, to build up my strength, a walk. 